Get the commercial appeal on your smartphone or tablet. Breaking news, sports, podcasts, and more. And it's all in the palm of your hand. Go to iTunes or the Google Play Store for your free download. The following is a CA original. Those guys, they ain't going to lay down. And so we really got to dig in. We got to refocus. Um, the good part is that I got a locker room full of guys. Um, I got a locker room full of guys that really want to get back here to play game seven. And, um, you know, game six right now obviously is our game seven. This is the Grizzlies podcast with the only beat writer the Memphis Grizzlies have ever known, Ron Tillery. Grizzlies are now down in this best of seven series to the San Antonio Spurs 3-2 after losing last night 116-103. to I'm Forrest Goodman, special guest host of your postseason coverage of the Grizzlies in the playoffs. Jeff Calkins, a regular co-host of the Grizzlies podcast, will join us later on from San Antonio. We'll talk about defensive shortcomings last night and what's going on with Mark Gasol. We'll get Jeff's take a little later on in this edition of the Grizzlies podcast. But let's jump right in. Look back to last night. Coach David Fisdale in his postgame press conference says they did well on offense, but just couldn't make up for shortcomings in other areas. Our offense I thought was pretty good. We shot 51% from the field, 40 from three, 90 from the line. <laughs> you know, nine turnovers. That's like, for us, that usually equals win. Uh, but we did not play defense today at all. Um, I thought the fight was in us. I just didn't think the execution was there. Our Jeff Calkins asked Coach Fisdale about the change in defensive intensity last night compared to games three and four at FedEx Forum. Did you defend that much better in three and four, or was it a matter of them making shots? And if it really was lack of focus, is there no? It was definitely we were definitely way more. Um, we were sharper uh, with our defensive execution at home, no doubt about it. I mean, it's, it was night and day. Actually, the mistakes just. It's just some mindless mistakes today, um, and I think all of our guys can own that. That's the good part about them. Um, they know, uh, you know, a lot of the, their baskets came off of breakdowns. Um, obviously, it's hard enough to guard their talent when you don't mess up. Um, so, you know, like I said, we got a group of guys in there that that's that's uh, very hungry to get back home. You know, try to get a win and, and find our way back here for Game Seven. Jeff also focused on the defense when talking to Mike Conley. Giving up so many threes, Mike, how much of that was, obviously they made shots, how much was defensive execution as well? Not as sharp as three and four, as games three and four. Um, you know, give them a lot of credit tonight. They did a good job moving the ball, but uh, a lot of it was uh, mental breakdowns defensively. I thought we just had some communication errors, um, some, some you know, middle drives that we allowed them to get into the paint and, and create opportunities for wide open shots. And um, they're too good to allow, uh, you know, them to get to the second side. And, uh, you know, you get guys like Patty and, and, you know, Kawhi, wide open looks, you know, you're going to lose every night when you when you're in those uh, kind of man-down situations. Jeff Calkins joins us now on the Grizzlies podcast. And, Jeff, one thing Game 5, I think, proved is that winning at home is one thing, but going back on the road and trying to win is another. Well, I, I'm a little I, I'm a little disappointed with the effort last night. I thought, given, I mean, as Mark said after the game, if you're going to go on the road and win Game 5 against a franchise like San Antonio, you have to have a, you don't have to be perfect. We've discussed that before, but you have to have a really compelling, consistent, 
cohesive defensive effort, among other things. And they just didn't. They didn't guard. And David Fisdale was very clear about that in his post game. He said that listen, we didn't guard anyone. And um he didn't think it was effort as much as it was just breakdowns, attention to detail, all of those things, blowing assignments and whatnot. And so you have the Spurs doing what the Spurs can do is if you you know, give them that kind of an opportunity. They are professional basketball players, and by and large, whereas we can sit here and bemoan the performance of Patty Mills and and whatnot, most of those shots were open shots. It's not like they were just. It's not like the Kawhi Leonard performance in Game Four, where he was just doing otherworldly things. They were getting in the lane. They were breaking down the Grizzlies from the very start, and it would often wind up in a wide-open three-pointer. And mm-hmm. Patty Mills sits wide-open three-pointers. And so and so you had a situation where the Grizzlies just didn't do what they had to do. And, so, and, and now they're in a position where, you know, they have to come back. And, and they obviously won the other two in Memphis, so there's no reason they can't win the other two in Memphis. But it is simply true that in all their playoff forays, if a team has ever gotten three put three losses on them because they've never come back from that because we have have in different times they have won game sixes to force game sevens indeed against the Clippers once they won a game five and a game six to force a game seven but they've never come all the way back from the brink when it is win or go home for the Grizzlies um ultimately they always go home and so this would be a new it would be a it would be a new, a brand new, something new to accomplish for this group, and it'll take a better effort than they submitted last night. Jeff, any indication why the breakdown defensively from what we saw in games three and four to going back on the road and having it happen last night? It is weird. Like, why should it matter so much? But I do think, I do think you've seen the. I do think this this series has shown. <laughs> The importance of swagger, confidence, taking it to the being the aggressor, all those things that may or may not seem to mean anything. And yet, the Grizzlies, I mean, as David Fisdale said in the first two games, he said, we got punked. And then in the two games in Memphis, the Grizzlies were the aggressor. And that was true defensively, it was true offensively. And so then you come down here and and obviously, the Spurs feel much more comfortable. The Grizzlies don't feel as comfortable. Now, some played, you know, James Evans played his, played his butt off, I thought. Jermichael Green was really bad at the beginning and then sort of found his range when the Grizzlies made their comeback to cut it to four. Andrew Harrison was another minus 22, I think, on the night. Um, I, I think that some of it is is that they are, particularly the role players, and we can talk about Mark, too, because Mark wasn't great last night, but particularly the role players are they're not used to this mm-hmm. and and we and we and 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 that doesn't just mean making shots it means all of it it means keeping your composure and 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 doing what you're supposed to do on the defensive end and and i think that to me the biggest difference in the series has been listen mike has been great and Kawhi leonard has been great but in the end when the grizzlies role players are better they win and when the spurs role players are better they win and it so happens that each team's role players have played better at home. Right. Maybe because they're more comfortable, maybe whatever it is. But 
the Grizzlies did not get the performance they needed from you know all their all their various parts. And and it wasn't again. It wasn't just. I mean, I signal out Andrew Harrison because he frustrates me. I think it's frustrating to have a situation. He made fabulous plays in Game Four. I just think it's frustrating for the franchise to be in a position where you can't have. Aaron Harrison's okay when he's on the floor with Mike Conley, but the moments when he is handling the point by himself, you can't sit Mike Conley down for a minute or two without it going straight to hell. And that is a that is a tough position to be in in the playoffs where you literally don't have a backup point guard who you can deploy in order to give your starting point guard rest. But it wasn't just him. I mean, Zebo wasn't good last night. But defensively, particularly among other things, Mark was seemed out of it last night. Honestly, he seemed out of it in Game Four until the end, until he hit the winner at the end, and he seemed out of it last night. Uh, both on both ends, he, he he was not great. Mike Conley was deferential in the first half, intentionally so. He said he scored five points in the first half. And he said he was trying to get everyone else involved. That's right. In the second half, he was himself. He he took. He said, "The hell with us! I'm going to go try to win the game." And and hell, he nearly you know got him in four. Um, but uh, pretty much all of them, well, they've gotten it, it, whatever for whatever reason in San Antonio, they have been the punchy as opposed to the puncher. What is going on with Mark Gasol? There were conversations that you guys had on the regular season podcast when you and Ron and Chris would talk about how Mark was being asked to take on this role as a leader and being vocal and outspoken, and he really seemed to be moving into that. But here in the postseason, he's grumpy at times, and like you said, other than the big shot in Game 4, didn't make much noise that night. And last night, as you said just a few minutes ago, just seemed out of it. What's going on with Mark? Oh, I don't think anyone ever quite knows what's going on with Mark. It's one of the eternal <laughs> mysteries of Mark. I I think you have – Mark has always been – you know, if you ask him about towels or you ask him about Fisdale or you ask him about his rant, he's going to be dismissive of those things. Even in the, in the in the most of the time, he's just not going to indulge that kind of conversation. He's very much. Some people were irritated that he said that he didn't even watch Fisdale's rant, and it's weird to me that he didn't. But it's also quintessential Mark. I'm focused on basketball, and that's my sole focus, and, and nothing else matters. Towels, take that for data shirts. Fisdale's rant, the atmosphere in the crowd, none of it. He's not giving it. You know, he's he's stuck, and that's why I think he's come across as. Sure. Um, he was obviously in game one, he came out and was brilliant, Very right? So. I mean, it was absolutely brilliant in game one. He hasn't been since brilliant. I think they have aggressively he had seven assists last night. I, to me, it comes down to this with Mark. Mark is Mark loves the idea of this ideal of a perfect, perfectly executed basketball game on both ends of the court. And his ideal isn't necessarily everybody else's ideal. His ideal would, not, would never be in scoring 40 points. But he has this ideal of what basketball should be and what the Grizzlies should be. And, and when they are not reaching that ideal, instead of doing what Mike did, which was, oh, fine, I'll just win it myself, I can do this like he did in the third quarter. Mark, I think, tends to become either disengaged or surly or grumpy or whatnot. And so last night you saw two things happening. One is the Grizzlies weren't making their shots, particularly in, a, in early. You'd have Jermichael Crane getting open shots. And, um, Vince wasn't as good. With so the, the, the offensive flow wasn't as good. But defensively, I think, is what really bothered them. You had 
you had the Spurs getting into the paint at will, and that then makes it very difficult for Mark as they're scrambling, and he's got to be the last line of defense and a swing of the ball. And I really think he allows himself to get very frustrated by the fact, by all those breakdowns. And instead of just playing through them and playing better despite them, I think he tends to get sort of preoccupied by them. And then you start to see him looking disengaged or whatnot. Um, so I think that, you know, he, he did not have a great game last night. He had still had 17 points, seven assists. He wasn't an aggressive rebounder either. But as he points out, when you're scrambling like that on the defensive end, it often puts you in a situation where you're not really there to get offensive rebounds. And so you saw in second chance points, and Spurs outscored him 20 to 10. Well, that's no good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what you're seeing is a fundamental unhappiness with the level of execution. And, and, and he gets pouty, I think, when that happens. And that's not productive. I think everyone would acknowledge it's not productive. But I don't think it's a big surprise either. All right, Jeff, this series comes back to Memphis Thursday, 8.30 tip. And if the Grizz want to force a game seven, they've got to protect home floor. Yeah, and it's it's tough because, as I said before, they've never been – every time someone's put three losses on them, they've always got – ultimately, they've always, they've always gotten the fourth. They have before won game sixes to fourth – Force game seven. They they beat they beat Oklahoma City in a game six to force a game seven. They beat um, they beat the Clippers actually in a game five and a game six to force a game seven. So it's not like they haven't ever stared at the brink and fought off elimination at least for a game or two. They've never come all the way back, and so that's the new challenge. And I'll be interested to see what the mindset is a of the. Grizzlies, but also the fans. I mean, they were in a frenzy on in Game Three because of Fisdale's rant, and then Game Four, it was again, it was a crazy night because you had the opportunity to tie, and you really felt like there was sort of blood in the water. And so, how I, I think this will be a sellout because you already saw that a lot of these tickets sold for Game Six in the wake of tying it up in Game Four. There was great excitement for this. Could have been a closeout game that they won last night. So I think it'll, but I'll be interested to see the people real, do the, do the players really believe? Because in order to believe here, you have to believe that you can win game six and then go and win game seven. That's what it comes down to. And that's a tougher thing to believe when you've just been touched, when you've just been punched in the mouth three times. But all you can do is, is do your best and try to give yourself one more opportunity and come down here and hope effing Patty Mills is an effing Patty Mills. <laughs> You can read more of Jeff Calkins at CommercialAppeal.com. Before we wrap up this special postseason edition of the Grizzlies podcast, let's look ahead to Thursday, 8.30 tip Thursday night between the Grizz and the Spurs. It's game six. Grizzlies lose. The season's over. I mean, it's plain simple. You just have to lock into your guy. Um, you know, you, we can't allow them to do both. You can't allow Kawhi and, and, and Aldridge to go for big nights as well as their, their bench to play um, like they have. I think we've done, we, you know, at home, of course, we, we did a better job of, of limiting their, their bench um, and, and not allowing them to have big nights. Um, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take the effort for two more games, not just one game. Yes, one game to kind of get tied back up to get back here. But when they're here, they share the ball and they, they hit shots here. So we're going to have to focus in. 
That's Vince Carter, the veteran, who's played in some big games many times in his career, speaking to NBA TV. We close this edition of the Grizzlies podcast with a light moment from the post-game press conference from Coach David Fisdale, despite his team's loss. He was asked if he'd like to see Manu Ginobili just go away. I'm tired of him. <laughs> you know, he can go back to Argentina, too. I only want to see him on the sideline. He didn't hurt me so many times. And, uh, you know, obviously he's just a fantastic pro. Um, you know, I, I, I really uh, have a lot of respect for all of those guys. We've, we've ripped each other's hearts out enough times in this business that you just have a deep, um, a really deep respect for guys like that. And Manu is one of those guys, obviously, uh, Tony and the rest of those guys. Our next podcast is Friday. We'll wrap up Game 6 and maybe look forward to a Game 7. Make sure you check out the podcast on Friday. It will post at commercialappeal.com. You can also subscribe for free on iTunes. Just search Grizzlies Podcast and subscribe. Thanks to Jeff Calkins for joining us on the road. I'm Forrest Goodman. So long, everybody. is the commercial appeal.